0: Welcome to the R2P podcast. I'm Running to Place's founder and artistic director, Joey Steenhagen. Take a moment to locate your nearest emergency exit, and please remember no flash photography during the podcast. And now without any further ado, on with the show. First order of business is to introduce my lovely and talented co-host, dear friends. It's the one and only Tucker Davis. It's me,
1: Tucker. Hey, Joey. I love that
0: song. It's me, Tucker? Yeah. Go I ahead. did I actually did 16 bars of that for an audition one time. That's not a song. Oh, God, what did I audition for then? Shut up. <laughs> uh, first, as Is that always, a song? You just sang it. Oh, oh! I get what you're doing. I was doing a bit. I got you. It's just a little fun pretend. We're going to workshop that one. Yeah, it's theater. It's all pretend. Ooh. Up first, as always, is news and updates, all the latest and greatest of what's going on in the world of R2P. Um, Something
1: we're going to start doing is shouting out... R2Patrons. R2Patrons. So if you give money to us um every month and you're a patron uh we're gonna talk about you on the podcast
0: now of course there's plenty of reasons to do it for pure altruistic reasons but also you can just get your name read on a podcast that's right that's fun too
1: that makes you really fancy so if you're wanting to be very fancy person and get your name read on a podcast then um then send us your money Uh,
0: become a patron at running to places. Very tactful. Dot,
1: I'm very good at things like
0: this. We're genuinely grateful to everyone who supports running to places in any way at any level. Our, our our two patrons are the folks who commit to giving monthly, and that helps us make sure we have predictable income. Uh, and it helps us keep participation free for all of the students, and it helps us keep tickets free for all of our audiences.
1: And they're fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like the fancy approach i'm like if you want to be fancy
0: be fancy be a patron yeah be an r2 patron yeah if you
1: want a thespian come to our shows you want to be fancy come to our shows and be a patron that's fancy yeah that is fancy but we would like to thank the very very fancy janice and dick gettys
0: janice and dick gettys
1: that's the one. Oh, the other thing is, is, like we don't necessarily know how to say all of your names, but we're going to try really hard. We also have Guthrie Graves, Pam Pospisil, maybe, uh, Marion G.M. Batista. This
0: is going great, Tucker. <laughs> i
1: doing a wonderful job. Leave me alone. Pat and John Gaines. Got that one. I nailed that one. The Durkin Family. Crystal Buck. Isabella Martinez, Leah Clapel, Alini Orsi, and Emma Dodici. Let's give a round of applause to those people. Insert sound cue here. Ah. <laughs> We're so happy. Thank you for uh for believing in
0: us and helping us achieve our mission. And these are the folks who've signed on as R2 patrons just since our last podcast episode. Um, And folks can sign up at any level. It starts at $5 a month. You get all the information, of course, at runningtoplaces.org slash join. And we invite you to be the next R2 patron that we will shout out your name. We'll do our best to pronounce it on next episode, and
1: not wait to say your names out loud on the episode.
0: Oh, you know what else is really happening right now? What's happening?
1: We started rehearsals for musical. Are we really rehearsing a play, a musical, a Seussical, show,
0: the musical play? Yeah, we are, and it's going really well. We, as of the time of recording, we have uh, completed a week of rehearsal, uh, and and then some, another day as mm-hmm. well. Um we have a phenomenal ensemble of dozens of students from all over the county and beyond, actually. Yeah,
1: and like lots of new students and lots of returning sort of what we call
0: our veterans as well. And it's so wild because of course we haven't been doing shows for more than two years, and it keeps feeling I mean we
1: just did a show in October. Fair point. Fair point. Yes, I see. <laughs> and what then you're we saying. did one before that in August. True.
0: Okay. I'm talking about a big cast musical show gotcha. like this. God, we
1: have definitely have not done a full cast musical production
0: since? Mamma Mia. August 2019. No way. Yeah. We did Winter Showcase January 2020. Uh, then we didn't do a couple of shows that we had planned for 2020. And then we did Summer Showcase in August of 21. And then you're a good man, Charlie Brown, in October of 21. Okay. And here so we are. It's been a minute. It's been years. Yeah. And you. And what's wild is that the students who are in this show, there are some who used to be the little tiny babies who are now the big bad leads. They
1: were one years old last time we did a show.
0: And now they <laughs> and, are. And now
1: they're in sixth grade. They're the
0: core veterans. Yeah. Uh, for some of them. And there were other we had students when we did our, our orientation meet and greet on day one students who said, well, I auditioned in 2019, but this is actually my first R2P show, which is just a wild thing to realize. And some of
1: them are literally a foot
0: taller i mean we auditioned for this show almost a year ago and then we had to delay it six months and so um it really is kind of amazing seeing how some of the casting has transformed some of the students whose voices have changed and whose heights are very different than they used to be um
1: but, but it, it, it is and then at the same time it's like all these change happens but it's also like it's almost like it never like it never went away yeah like the way that kids are interacting with each other and the way that they have created such a great space for each other to come into every rehearsal and they're so supportive of each other so far and I just think I'm so excited.
0: It's been a lot of fun. It's been really fun watching you choreograph with this group of students, some of whom, and this happens every time, where there are students who are like, I have no dance experience, what am I doing? And others, you know, who are, who feel intimidated because they haven't done it in a show, maybe. They're doing it. They are doing like, it. Like, fearlessly, kind of, too. Yes. Yeah, I'm really and proud beautifully. Of them. Yeah. And, and the work that you're doing already is really wonderful. I'm I so excited to see how the opening number Thanks, evolves. Julie. But it's, it's beautiful work, and we can't wait to share it with Thanks. everybody.
1: Thanks, yeah. So stay tuned. We are getting excited to share that Musical,
0: with musical, with <laughs> Usical. You like that? I do. Okay. Um, we got to keep moving because we got a lot to do today. Um, this is ordinarily a time where we would uh, tune in for listener questions before getting to everything else. But you know what's going on today? Oops, all questions. All Purgundas. <laughs> it's it's like when when one of those cereals that has like berries, like the little marshmallow berries, and it's like oops, oh, it's all like
1: berries. All berries. Oops, all
0: questions.
1: That's my nightmare. If it's just a styrofoam, just a bunch of styrofoam marshmallows as cereal.
0: Yeah, no, that's not good in cereal, but For uh, lots of reasons. So many reasons. But good in podcasting. Because we have questions, and these are questions. The voices of the askers will be here as well because they these are questions that, uh, in this case, it's actually all R2P company members recorded and provided for us so that we can answer them on the air in the podcast. And
1: so if you're a patron or a company member or just like a stranger who likes to listen to a community theater podcast, then you can call our office number. Which is? 607-216-8750. And you can leave a recording there with a question on it. You can email us at info at org. That's runningtoplaces.org. And you can email us like a, a voice memo or a voice recording.
0: Do it on your phone and send it in. Yeah.
1: We'll use it on the air. Or like any other way you want to get a hold of us. Social media. Skywriting. messaging, Skywriting. Message in a bottle, I find to be more efficient and accurate
0: than you would think. I think I, I would love to get a message in a bottle with a question. Don't noted. Litter, don't litter. No, no, no. No litter in no biodegradable bottles, compostable messages? Sure. Yeah, just get it to us soon. Yeah. Anyway, let's get started with some questions so that we can get to some answers. This first question is from well, I'll let this person introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Maya, and my question is, how many R2P shows has Joey been in himself?
1: That is a great question, Maya. (laughs) Um, Just anyone who's unfamiliar, we are a youth theater organization where the idea most of the time, Mm -hmm. and Joey will explain a couple uh, exceptions to that rule, but the idea most of the time is that it's all students between grades 6 and 12 performing on stage. Joey is just outside
0: (laughs) that age bracket,
1: but Joey, yeah, how many shows have you done with R2P and why?
0: Yeah. Um well Maya, first of all, thank you for the question. Um so in the earliest days of R2P, we would annually do our spring showcase musical review. And it was a little bit of everything, you know, standalone musical numbers. And we've done musical reviews, winter showcase, summer showcase recently. But in the early days we also had the grown ups get involved in the act. Uh so in I'm- terrified right now <laughs> you should be very afraid because if anybody suggests we bring this practice back i don't know i don't know you started the podcast with a song with an original song that you wrote and i thought That's you performed right. I beautifully am a so-
1: i am a songwriter you're right continue yeah continue
0: so uh in the early days uh so myself uh todd peterson the founding choreographer uh the late great todd peterson uh did a number ross mizrahi Phenomenal music teacher in the Ithaca City School District and founding music director of R two P performed a number as well. Um, so let's see. I did. I did the marriage proposal uh, from falsettos one time. Wow, that was a song that I just kind of had in my in my very very just thin some book
1: light repertoire. Like falsettos is such a heavy show, but
0: that that's particular why it's piece. Perfect. But also that piece actually the piece that I did was very very silly and light. Right. But Um, also,
1: that's kind of like what the showcases are about is getting to take songs from shows we
0: might not normally do. Exactly. So I did that one year. Um, Then there was one year that uh, Todd Peterson, the aforementioned, uh, and Anya Gibion, R2P alum and former guest on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Go back through our archives to episode two and check out Anya uh, to get to know Anya there. Two or three or one. It's somewhere in it's there. It's somewhere in there. There's only like five. So <laughs> uh, scroll so back. Todd, Anya, and I did "Die Vampire Die" from the musical title of show. Wow, which is all about kind of facing your creative fears. Um, and that was a. Was pro- she a student during that? At that point, Anya had graduated. Okay, yeah, Anya was an alum and was assisting with with various shows through the season. Um, but but that was a sh- that was a song all about kind of facing your creative fears um, and not listening to those voices that tell you to not do a thing um, and it kind of paralleled our process because we were so focused on getting the showcase up and rehearsed for everybody else that we way under rehearsed ourselves and so right like the week of the show um, we really hadn't had much opportunity we hadn't given ourselves much opportunity to prepare and we were all very scared and we were feeling very underprepared. but we faced that fear and we worked together and, and we had a great you time doing it, it and we did so you did a couple of showcases. Yes. And then? And then the next time I appeared on stage at an R2P show was the musical Town.
1: And that was by design?
0: Not at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. So we that was the last year that we auditioned for an entire season all at once. And it was actually part of the reason ah. that we switched to doing uh, two auditions over the course of the year. Because we auditioned for Town in the fall and the show didn't happen until the following August. It was almost a year later plans change. Right. And specifically there was one group of, uh, of largely high school boys who were in this chorus that had a trip to Europe during the summer and they didn't know it when they auditioned, but we suddenly lost a significant, uh, percentage of our cast.
1: So it wasn't a last minute replacement. It was just,
0: It was pretty last minute because we found out just a few weeks before we started rehearsal. Come on, boys, get it together. Did not have time to run more auditions and figure it out. And so because the musical is about this evil corporation that these young upstarts are rebelling against, we decided that we would invite alums who were in town to be part of the show. And they would be the employees of the evil corporation and of course that meant that the head of the evil corporation the most evil one of all was the most alum and therefore me the yeah. oldest person so i played the evil head of the corporation in that one and that was really fun um and of course the next one tucker you know very well
1: music man i directed it you did and that one was by design
0: yes that yeah. was um the kickoff to our 10th anniversary season um you know so we chose a musical about this this grown up who tricks all of the young people of the community to get involved in the performing arts. Hmm. (laughs) That sounds familiar. It was a little parallel to it. Uh, And, and of course, hopefully, you know, learn something and become better versions of themselves through their experience in the performing arts. And then there was one more. There was one more. Uh, This was another accident quite frankly we were doing the musical the little mermaid several years ago and we had a student who very late in the game wasn't able to be in the show for personal reasons um, it was literally about a week before we opened and so there really wasn't time to in fairness have a student jump in with that little notice
1: i i'm sorry i just i saw that production it was before i you know it was as permanent in the company but i saw that production and i up until this very moment Thought that I just caught the one time you had to go on. I didn't realize you did the entire run of it. I did. Okay, I did
0: as as the French chef.
1: You were funny. Les
0: poissons, all that stuff. Uh, Jeremy Pletter, who was music directing at that time, you know, bless his heart, had to had to tolerate me in a music rehearsal, and he would say, you know, uh, you know, you're getting some of these lyrics wrong, right? And I was like, I'm doing my best. I'm never going to get a more right than this. But it makes sense and it fits the meter of the line. So I'm sticking with it. Great. Moving on. (laughs) Um, And again, it was a lot of fun. And honestly, my takeaway from having done any of those shows was the fact that I... Really gained an appreciation, respect and admiration for what it is that we ask the kids to do. Music man navigating backstage at the state theater when there's not a lot of room and a lot of scenery and a lot of people and literally just getting from stage right to stage left for another entrance and getting there on time and getting your prop. Wow, I can't believe what what the students do that we ask them to do. We have no idea how hard it is what's That's why going I love on backstage sitting in the audience
1: and letting them deal with that backstage stuff cuz they always figure it out. They do. They and they do a pretty good job at taking care of as much of it on their own as they can.
0: And they and the fact that we don't know how hard it is proves that they make it look easy. They are professionals and they, they take care of themselves and each other.
1: So I've never done an r show. Not that anybody asked, but I've never done an r show. But now that I just said that, I'm realizing that I probably will. But I, I want to say I have been just brushing up on my Horton. Oh, just Be- in
0: case. Just in case. Okay. Just you, in I, case. Karmically... I hope you don't live to regret that for so many reasons. I I know, I know. I don't want to do a show, but I I will if I need to. Okay, we'll get to it. All right, let's move on. We've got uh, a question that dovetails with the previous one in a clever way. Let's listen.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Dove, and my question is how many running-to-places shows have happened where there were actual adults playing some of the roles? I see what you did there.
0: Thank you, Dove. In case you didn't catch it, Dove was the name of the asker for that question.
1: So it's almost the same question, but not. So the first question was, Maya said, how many shows have you done? And then Dove wants to know, just in general, how many adults. So were there other adults that have done R2P shows? There is one that I can think of. Oh, two. I can think of two. Oh, I can think of
0: two. I just thought of a second one. Okay, I wonder if we're talking about the same ones. Lynn. (gasps) Yes, of course. Because you were
1: in Music Man, so obviously your love interest in the show needed to be an adult as
0: well. And we were so fortunate uh, to have... The
1: founding member of Opera Ethica, Lynn Craver.
0: Who, she and I went to school together at IC. We've been friends for almost 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was the obvious and phenomenal choice for the show. She did such a beautiful performance in that show and was so generous with her time and talent.
1: And just because actual real-life casting worked out the way it worked out, her daughter... Ended up playing her little sister in that show
0: as oh, well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amaryllith. Amaryllith. Yes. Yeah. Okay, who else though? Uh So there's the lovely and talented Miss Harmony. Yep. Uh, who uh, you can go back to episode one or the first episode of this RTP podcast and hear uh, her tell about uh, her turn as Pearl in The Wiz. Yep. And how she created that character and how beautiful and impactful that was. Um, She's such a role model in general, and her work in that show served to be such beautiful role modeling for the students who were were, uh, working with her. And she was good, too. It was really fun to watch her. Oh, she was so good. She played that role when she was a high school student at Ithaca High School. I remember, yeah. And so she got to reprise that role. Again, that was kind of an accident. There was a student who, uh, late in the game, wasn't able to continue in the show. And so Miss Harmony knew all the lines and lyrics still and jumped in and was brilliant. Put her in, coach. I actually thought of one more.
1: Like, besides, because you said there was some alum in uh, in Town.
0: So, besides that, who yeah. is the one more? So, this one uh, it sort of counts. I think this one counts. So, Jeremy Pletter. Uh, our music director for so many years, and also an R2P alum himself, when we did the play, the straight play, Daisy Pulls It Off, non-musical play, but it had music in it. And it also needed more music than was even built in. It needed underscoring in some scenes. And so Jeremy, as our resident music director at that time, um, said, oh, you know what? I can just, I'll just improvise some music. I'll just improvise some underscoring. It's a remarkable talent he has. Um, But he was visible uh, you know to the audience enough and the, the play took place at this parochial school and so jeremy took on the role of jeremiah plettersworth the school music teacher what does parochial mean i don't know i know that it we're gonna have to edit this out i'm so sorry school. no i think we should keep this <laughs> we I should don't know what that word means i always thought it means private school but maybe it means i feel like it else. means pilgrim school Pilgrim school? I don't know why, but that's like they did all wear those hats with the buckles. (laughs) That's what I like.
1: When you said parochial, I was like,
0: ooh. Oh no, it's where they serve like the those like potato filled raviolis. That's pierogi
1: school. We've all been to pierogi school.
0: Oh, I would love to go to pierogi school right now. No, I feel like
1: at a parochial school there's some lady named Sarah running around calling everyone a witch or something.
0: Maybe. Well, either way, Jeremy (laughs) played the resident music school. resident music teacher of this school. Um, and he got costumed. He was decked out as as Jeremiah Plettersworth, the music teacher at the school and oh, I see. wore every- cuz that's just his name. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it was it, it was the the Britishized right. feminized version, old-timey version cuz it was like a school in the 1920s. Uh, and he wore the most beautiful flowered muumuu and these uh, cat-eye glasses and was... But
1: still went by the first name, Jeremiah.
0: Jeremiah Plettersworth. Great, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, no. Oh,
0: it's Jeremina. Okay. Jeremina Plettersworth. Okay, now, okay, great. Yeah. Okay, edit. Imagine in your mind a reverse-engineered edit where I said it right the whole time. Jeremina Plettersworth. Done. I did that. Okay. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. Everyone in the audience so did, that's, too. So that's the only time then. Yeah. Than another adult. We're yeah. not looking for more opportunities for
0: adults in this company. We're not. That's so not students, what
1: please stay healthy.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Let's move on to our next question.
1: Hi, my name is Amanda. And I wanted to ask if you could have any guest on the podcast, who would it be?
0: Dolly pardon. Next question.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. Who, who would it be? I mean, obviously, Dolly for me, but that's just because that's the answer to most questions people ask me.
0: But <laughs> who's your favorite person? Dolly. Who's your musical role model? Dolly. <laughs> Where? Who built your favorite theme park? Dolly.
1: <laughs> um, but I'm thinking, like, if theater-wise, I I think I would say Mandy Patinkin because ooh, good answer. Yeah, because he's like just crazy enough to keep it really, really interesting. Yeah, and theater oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I have, I have, I have two answers. I think they're both kind of cop outs in some ways, but I mean them sincerely. I would love to have Lin Manuel Miranda on. Oh, yeah. I mean, besides the fact that he is one of the greatest artists and creators and imaginers and thinkers, um, he also just doesn't he just seem like he's a really nice person, and he'd be really cool to chat with, like hang out with. I yeah. really think he would be. I think we'd be friends.
1: I don't know. He's really cool. He is. He's really cool. I would like to think that he would want to be friends with us.
0: I think he's so cool that he would want to be friends with us, not because we're so cool, but because he's so cool, he'd be friends. He's with, just nice. He's, he's just, just a nice, nice guy. But I also I bet he would have really interesting insights as someone who came up as a young person doing theater and as a creator. Um, and I think he would have really interesting and relevant insights. I think he'd be really interested in what R2P is and yeah. it's all about. I think he's
1: definitely on the cusp of change in musical theater. He's ushering his own sense of change and source of change for theater. And then also being very aware of his, his personal impact and, and how he could have done better in for some sure. cases. He's very, very, Aware of his of his existence and his power, yeah, that he has in musical theater, yeah, great
0: power, great responsibility. I think he does that well. Yeah, hey, hey, Lynn, great job.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, you're on first name basis now that you guys are friends. (laughs) Hey, Lenny boy. Um, Also, I have another. Answer for that. Yeah. Amanda, I'd like it to be you one day when you're a grown adult. That was my other answer. I stole it from you. From my brain. I did. I took I, it right
0: out. Because and and I'm going to expand it out to be that like I would genuinely love to talk with all of the students who've come through R2P. I would love to hear what impact it had, what their thoughts are, what suggestions they would have for how we could do things differently and better going forward. But I just I would just love to hear about what they're doing now what their lives are like now I just want to I just want to keep in touch with everybody I just want to I think every person who's ever gone through R2P has an interesting story that I would love to hear
1: so if you've come in contact with R2P in your past I think you should contact us then and get on our podcast yeah because we'd love to have you
0: so alums where you at alums especially because we want to you know we always have to be careful about like with current company members, we can't show favoritism and have, you know, like pick one person to be on when there's hundreds of eligible people.
1: Although I just I would that would I put a giant smile across my face, though, because I just love our students. They're so unique and wonderful.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll let the podcast. This this series is going to have to go on long enough that we'll eventually get every student who's ever been on for forever Forever.
1: that's right if you don't know that reference that's okay
0: and there's a very very specific subset of podcast listeners who would get my lynn great job you know who you are next question great (laughs) i'm really left out on that one most people are (laughs) but for the people who got it you're glad all right it's time for intermission So everybody grab a Rice Krispie Treat in the lobby and we'll see you after the break for Act 2. We're going to continue with more Oops All Questions. So everybody take five. Thank you five. Thanks five. Thank you five. Thank you. Remember this show like participation for the kids and tickets to our shows for everyone is totally free and this is possible only with the support of our R2 patrons who for as little as five bucks a month get access to a whole host of thank yous including Someday, the extended two act version of this podcast. We're still making it available for everybody for free for now. You're welcome. You'll also receive the full heart that comes from making theater accessible to everyone in our community. You can become an R2 patron today by visiting runningtoplaces.org slash join. That's running to places.org slash join.
1: And we additionally are also sponsored by, are we doing this? Yeah. We additionally are also sponsored by Tompkins Community Bank Formally.
0: Tompkins Trust Company. It's true. Uh, this podcast episode and every episode of 2022 is sponsored by our friends at Tompkins Community Bank. Um, if you haven't gotten the memo, Tompkins Trust Company is now Tompkins Community Bank. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense because they have always had such a strong focus on the community. They've supported running to places, they support so many wonderful things that happen in our community. So having community right there in the name just Bits. Thank
1: you, Tompkins Community Bank. And we're back. Hmm, that Rice Krispie treat
0: was good. Oh, I didn't get one. That's Just like- kidding, I got two. Hey, hey. For the longest time, by the way, I made it very clear uh to families who contribute concessions goodies for our shows how much I like Rice Krispie treats.
1: Are you over it now?
0: Well, It's good news and bad news. Like, the message was received loud and clear. And so there would be lots of Rice Krispie treats. And the best would be, like, someone during intermission would, like, sneak me a Rice Krispie treat. And it was so great. Because, honestly, who makes Rice Krispie treats on their own? Like, you don't make them. No. They're messy. It's a hassle. Yeah. But but they are a staple of intermission concessions.
1: Yeah. And the homemade ones are so much better than the prepackaged ones. Oh, my gosh.
0: It's not even close. Not even close. But it has reached the point now where I'm like... I like other things besides Rice Krispie Treats, so I'm trying to make it well known that I also really like lemon bars. So
1: you were just, we were just we're just randomly putting this energy out into the universe. Oh, we're not randomly. We're quite oh, this deliberately. Is, this is a deliberate yeah. suggestion. Lemon bars.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm just putting it out there, and what 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 the universe sends back to me? Yeah, I'm that's up to the universe. Not responsible. Not responsible. I don't really have a sweet tooth, for the record, but. I will take all of Tucker's lemon bars then. Yep, he will have mine as well. (laughs) All right, let's get back to questions. We have a couple more questions. Hi, I'm Savannah, and I'm wondering what your least favorite show was to do. And I'm Ella. (laughs) Hi. First of all, hey, Ella. Teamwork makes the dream work. Took two to ask that one. So we're not going to answer like what our least favorite R2P show was to do. That's not fair and also we love all of them uh, honestly sincerely yeah like there i there isn't an rtp show that i'm like oh i did not enjoy that one
1: they're all equally rewarding
0: and traumatizing <laughs> in their own way yes i'm not saying that they were all easy but no. there were also i also love all of them
1: yes i agree with that i can definitely think of a few that were more challenging than others but that wasn't the question The question was our least favorite show to do, so I think that's a personal question. Yeah, from like all aspects of our life.
0: Tucker, do you have a least favorite show that you worked on?
1: Oh, I mean, I guess I was like in my first show, which I found the script to the other day, rummaging through my belongings, which they only gave me like the four pages of dialogue that I had in the show (sighs) because it wasn't actually a character. I did this. This um, what was the show? It was Our Country's Good, which is an Australian show about sort of like the founding of australia and it was this it was a character that the lead character was supposed to have a dream and embody this character but yeah. the director decided that that was too esoteric for our fair Oaks, california high school theater you know yeah. patrons and so he gave me the 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 line so i was a ghost <laughs> in like the opening two scenes um And then I was also Lieutenant Johnson later on. I don't really remember the arc
0: of that character. But it turned out Lieutenant Johnson was a ghost all along. I wish that would have been way more interesting.
1: This show was like boring. It was the first show my parents ever saw me in. Mm. And I had to really convince them to come back to my next show. But it, It was just, it was like not the right material
0: for us at that time. I
1: don't think, although I'm sure I learned a lot too, but.
0: But it it clearly didn't deter you from continuing. No. So that's good. Yeah. For me, so, okay, there was a time when Joey's
1: only ever done two shows romeo and juliet <laughs> what's the name of that musical they're playing our song and they're playing our song oh and
0: godspell, godspell 15 times <laughs> that's true when i did community theater as a teenager we literally did godspell <sighs> five times over the course of four years This is like, okay but those aren't the shows that i those i, I had fun on all of those shows. of course i just try to poke fun when i was a teenager and partly through college there was a A good chunk of my life when my ambition was not actually to found a youth community theater company or even be an actor myself, despite the fact that that was the degree I was pursuing. I wanted to be a puppeteer Hmm. and specifically I wanted to work for the Muppets. I
1: I mean, I know the reaction that happens from a parent on a parent's face when you come home and you say, I want to be an actor. I know that. Yeah. So I think when you come home and you say that you want to be a puppeteer, I can only imagine like
0: That's insane sounding. Well, it would have been, but Tucker, you know my family. This is true. And so does it surprise you to learn that my mom spent a not insignificant part of my childhood making a living as a professional puppeteer. Not shocked at all. Doing disability awareness puppet shows for the state of New Jersey Department of Human Services. And one of her co-puppeteers was a man named John Leibowitz. Who you and everyone else might know better as comedian John Stewart. No way. Way. Wow. Yeah. It was called the Kids on the Block, not the New Kids on the Block. That's different. Uh, and so, no, it was not a, a shocking, surprising, or upsetting thing.
1: No, this is also the same woman who has like a she has a clown routine. She's and got a banana. A, and yeah, like a banana thing. And then she also, I one time I was living on the Commons at the time, and I looked down and I saw your in an mom on the Commons,
0: not on the Commons. No, no,
1: no. I was living in an actual domicile <laughs> building apartment, um, and I looked down out of my window, and um, your mom Heidi was giving a tour of the Commons, but dressed as a witch. Yeah, I don't think that was for anything. Though she was just. Living her life. I think it was a haunted history Picking picking people up as she goes. We've gotten way off the topic of this question. We have. that's
0: that's what we do. And so here's the thing. I am not going to tell this full story. But I will suffice to say that after college, I did get a gig as a professional puppeteer with a company called Das Puppenspiel question mark you'll we'll just yep there's lots of them okay <laughs> lots and it was four of us in a van driving sometimes 12 hours to spend 2 hours setting up a 50 minute play that then had a 2 hour strike and we were our own crew. There was no stage manager. Um, uh, sound. You, you weren't even in the show. The puppet. The puppet got all the applause. Correct. I was wearing. I was on stage, visible, but wearing full Boon Who style blacks, including a black hood, so you couldn't see my face or anything. Um, and there were sound cues that were run off a cassette deck off stage.
1: Just Google what that is. If for our younger listeners, just
0: Google what that is. And so it would be staged into the blocking that occasionally you would hand your puppet to someone else who'd be holding your puppet while you went off stage to hit play or hopefully on time stop on the queue on oh the man. Tape deck.
1: These non-equity
0: toys. And then I won't even tell you about the time that our van and all the puppets got stolen out of the parking lot from our hotel. No. And we didn't get to do the performance at the really nice theater in Washington, D.C. Uh, and we had to rebuild all the puppets. And it was a wild time um but at least i didn't get paid very much <laughs> and i was but i couldn't i also was convinced i couldn't quit because of the fact that i was like i need this for the muppet resume
1: right to further your puppeteering career and like but they were upfront with you they told you oh yeah this is poopenspiel
0: yes this and, is and did it, and it lived up to its name there was no money there was no support structure it's
1: always what i look for in a job is no money yeah we have to leave that there or I'm going to cry.
0: It was $190 a week before taxes, <gasps> and we had to pay for our own housing. Joey. And I ate a lot of ramen that year. Wow, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, the performances themselves were, were kind of fun, but but that's my answer to the question. That was That was a rather trying year of my life.
1: Well, congratulations. You made it. It does get better. Thank
0: you. All right, we've got time for one more question. And just a friendly reminder, if you want to have your voice, your question, appear on the podcast, you can send us an email, info at runningtoplaces.org podcast at runintoplaces.org it all goes to the same inbox quite frankly and the more important thing is that you send a question in you can record it you can type it you can leave us a voicemail at 607-216-8750 and we would love to have you be on our next episode
1: i think you should say
0: plus one to because we might be international and not know it country code all right we've got time for one last question here it is
1: Hi, I'm Auburn, and I was wondering, what's Tucker's favorite style to dance and favorite style to teach? Okay, I got a question. You got a question. I got a specific question. Um, I guess my favorite style to dance when I was dancing, I'm sort of retired now, don't do as much dancing, but I like... I'm like an old school, like 90s kid. I just want to dance a lyrical piece to like a Celine Dion song. You know what I mean? Like I just want high drama, lots of thrashing, many turns and like emoting like there's no tomorrow. Lifts. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, that actually is true. Like my what I kind of specialized in when I did dance was like pas de deux, which is a dance for two or steps for two. Mm. Um, so it was like lots of lifts and stuff like that. Um, and then to teach, I love teaching musical theater because there's a story. Um, and I love teaching the story, and I love watching students figure out how to tell that story, and and like watching their character arc, and um, yeah. So musical theater is probably my favorite style to teach and then when i dance myself i just want all the emotions give me a nice contemporary lyrical piece I and to, yeah I have,
0: I have a follow-up question well what are your styles my style of dance yeah okay i've this question was not directed at me
1: i know but i'm excited for
0: the answer okay i i grew up not thinking that i had a place doing musical theater, even though I did lots of musical theater, but I didn't think that I was any good at it really.
1: Even though you took that summer camp in the basement? I Tucker has seen home movies
0: <laughs> that I am not sharing on this podcast. Um
1: go ahead and check our Instagram. We'll have a quick clip on there of Joey dancing <laughs> in a basement in high school, please.
0: Oh, maybe we'll maybe please we'll just win some kind of fundraising goal in the future.
1: Okay. I'm we'll gonna see w- Audiences out there, if there's one of you, um, we're lucky, but I will continue to work on this, not just for me, but for you too.
0: So yes, I took musical theater dance classes as part of a summer camp when I was like 13 years old and was like 90% elbows and kneecaps. And why'd
1: you you take that
0: summer camp? Because I wanted to learn more about dance and no reason other than that. That's
1: a lie. (laughs) It was to get close to a girl. But you don't want to say that
0: on um, here. Well, I didn't say that. I did. <laughs> anyway. What was her name? It doesn't matter. You're going to edit it out anyway. <laughs> I would. Dang it. But the fact is... Uh, that I I was I was afraid of dancing. I was intimidated by dancing. I did a lot of it. Um, and honestly, by the time I got to college, I guess I had kind of gotten over myself a little bit. Um, I had a lot of fun taking tap dance. Ooh! Um, I did one semester of tap at Ithaca College. I literally was out the day we learned time steps. So
1: then it's like a math class. You miss that day.
0: I also had that math class where I, I missed when we were doing sine, cosine, and tangent. Never learned them. Don't know what they are.
1: Yeah, that makes everything after that kind of hard.
0: Yeah, well, and kind of ditto that with my tap career because I didn't learn time steps.
1: Yes, yeah, so it is hard to have a tap career without knowing a time step. And
0: so, at the end of the semester, when we had kind of the end of semester sharing, I just made sure I was standing at the back. I was a expert at the principle: if they, if you smile, they don't look at your feet. And I knew the rhythm of a time step well enough to know when your body goes
1: down and down and up and down and up and down and okay, that's a, that's the time step i just as a dance educator i just have to say students just ask just ask learn from joey's mistake he could have he could have been on 42nd street crazy for you bring in the noise bring in the funk like there's a lot of shows he could have done but he missed time steps and didn't
0: learn them on his own this is also before youtube and and just to bring the conversation full circle to the beginning of where we started this podcast episode and just to get sincere for a second tucker i have to say that's one of the things that i really appreciate and so admire about the way that you teach oh thank you is that so in rehearsal just the other night tucker had the students practicing asking questions whether or not they genuinely had one or not Because the fact is, when you're standing there in rehearsal and you're getting taught a dance sequence and you're thinking, oh, gosh, I really don't know. Do we start on the right here? The left here? Do I what to do with my arm on this part? But I'm sure I'm the only one who doesn't know. Everyone else seems to know what's going on. And if I ask a question, I'm going to be embarrassed and feel foolish. And then while all that's happening, the dance is continuing. And in the meantime, every other person in the room is probably asking that same question or a similar one. And so, um, Tucker, I really appreciate the fact that you have them say, okay, ask me a question. Even if you don't have a question right now, find a question to ask. And then someone will, will say a comment and you'll say, that wasn't a question. How do you phrase that in the form of a question? Just to get in the habit of making it okay, of normalizing. that kind of conversation and and asking for help. And I wish that I had done that because I would have learned my time steps. I would have had more confidence.
1: Thanks. That's something I actually learned at R2P is giving them the permission to ask a question, which I didn't think needed to happen because I take my relationship with dance for granted. I think that I just have a really good relationship with dance and not everybody has that. And when you are in a position of like uncomfortable or heightened awareness or like out of your comfort zone and then in a room full of people and then all of a sudden you're asking a question and they're all looking at like it takes practice it yeah. takes practice on how to do that so
0: thanks yeah i'm gonna keep that and auburn thank you for the question and you know one yeah. more amendment that i will put on my uh tap dance career i never learned time steps but somehow i am killer at wings i can even do one foot wings
1: you can i can you can
0: um, so any any Susical Company members who happen to be listening to this, if you listen, ask me at rehearsal. I'll demonstrate. Don't ask me for a time step. I'll do Wings for Days. Done. <laughs> I could also probably teach you a time step. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about the fact that <laughs> yep, I happen to know and I'm friends with a pretty darn good dance teacher. <laughs> yep. Okay. We'll think about that. Well, that's it for this edition of the R2P podcast. No, I want to keep going. Well, that's why they invented Next Time. Oh, great. So, again, if you have questions, send them in. Uh, we would love to have you on the air uh, asking us a question. But in the meantime, on behalf of Tucker and me and the rest of the R2P family, thanks for joining us. Thank you to Tompkins Community Bank for supporting us and our R2 patrons who support us and make all things R2P totally free for everybody. I'm Joey Steenhagen.
1: And I'm Tucker Davis.
0: And seen. Bye. <laughs>